Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Live today with the Eagle Hour, having a little technical difficulties. Uh, apologize for that, but happy to have you along on this Friday first segment of the Eagle Hour, brought to you every day by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you. Dickie's cooked here, loved everywhere. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, live at Camp Shelby today. We're in the heart of the museum here at Camp Shelby. Absolutely wonderful uh, displays remembering and honoring our military. We're going to have Jack Duggan on the show a little later on, uh, Colonel Weaver from Camp Shelby. And uh, let's just get right into it as uh, we're, we're trying to, uh, to set up our connection here and get that in just a few minutes. But what a big night last night for the Golden Eagles of Southern Miss taking on Louisiana Tech at the Love Shack. Golden Eagles push back again for uh, really the second straight night. Not as bad as the other night, but last night uh, pushed back to about 10 o'clock and the Eagles had an just uh, played and literally stepped up to the plate, did what they needed to do uh, to win, and uh, rewarded with taking the day off today, and they'll get back at it tomorrow. We'll face the winner of the elimination game tonight between Louisiana Tech and Western Kentucky. You look at what the Eagles did last night. Walker Powell, not with his best stuff, and a little later in the program kind of talk about maybe why that was. But uh, Walker gives the Eagles four in a third inning, strikes out three, walks season-high four. But uh, really the story of the night was on offense. The uh, Golden Eagles did what they needed to do, played small ball early on, and were able to put one across in the third, one in the fourth, and then one in the seventh and the eighth. Uh, absolutely great night for Will McGillis and Danny Lynch. Both of those guys get three hits. McGillis now with already five hits in the tournament. But the story of the night in the fifth inning with one out, bases loaded, Walker Powell, the Conference USA Pitcher of the Year, has to depart, and Ryan Ock comes in. And Ock on the year, he was a perfect 6-0 and coming in to the game. And what does he do with the bases loaded and one out? Works to a full count and then throws one of the meanest sliders you'll ever see and strikes out the first batter for the second out and then gets another strikeout and gets out of the inning. And Ock went on to pitch four more innings. 60 or 76 total pitches, 30 more than the most he had thrown all year. Seven strikeouts, gets the win, and then Hurston Waldrop came in and retired the last two outs as Louisiana Tech was threatening in the bottom of uh, of the ninth. But the Golden Eagles win and uh, improve their record to 37 and 17. They are now uh, in the driver's seat for host possibilities. Louisiana Tech with the same. Uh, record at 37 and 17 but the golden eagles have really set themselves up uh to be that last host golden eagles need to close it out looks like uh they would possibly face old dominion old dominion 
a higher RPI team uh, than the Golden Eagles now, but Southern Miss moving up to six spots and, and to number 19. So Golden Eagles with a uh, an opportunity now with a day off today and will play for uh, a game tomorrow in order uh, to, to play for a championship. The way the regionals look right now, Golden Eagles uh, are, are sitting, like I said, in the driver's seat. And uh, if you look at the, the 20 predetermined sites by the NCAA, Pittsburgh has really fallen off, so you got to think that they're they're out of it. Charlotte zero and two in the conference tournament, they they're out of it, and so really what it comes down to is South Carolina, Southern Miss, and Louisiana Tech. Eagles took a jump over Louisiana Tech last night, and uh, now are uh, in the driver's seat. Baseball America has them at number sixteen today. The only thing that could really mess with that is if the Golden Eagles were to not advance to the championship or. If uh, if Old Dominion were to somehow win the conference tournament, they might be a one seed on the road and to a host site like South Carolina. But again, the Golden Eagles' destiny in their own hands uh, as of this morning. And those of you who stayed up last night to one fifteen uh, were rewarded with a four to one victory over Louisiana Tech. Ninth time this year uh, those two teams have played. But anyway, Luke Johnson, Bob Getty, we're live at Camp Shelby. Today, having a little technical difficulties uh, to start off this show. Happy to have you along. We'll be talking a little later uh, about this great museum here on the campus of Camp Shelby and uh, just the unbelievable heritage, walking through all the major military conflicts and wars throughout our nation's history, giving proper honor and due to not only soldiers, but Medal of Honor recipients in uh, this part of South Mississippi, uh, so rich of tradition of those who have paid and given their lives as the ultimate sacrifice uh, for our country and uh, several of, of those within uh, just a 30, 40-mile radius of where we stand right now who have been awarded the Medal of Honor. So we'll be talking uh, a little later, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up with, with Jack Duggan as uh, Jack's been, in, uh, been sleep-deprived uh, this week so far. But just to, to talk a little more about the game last night, Golden Eagles, Defeat Louisiana Tech four and one to one, thirty-seven and seventeen overall. One run in the third, one run in the fourth, one run in the seventh, one run in the eighth. And uh, you look at maybe why Walker Powell was was having the struggles that he were. It was a tight zone all night, and kind of felt like Walker didn't get some early calls on the outside corner. It may have uh, shook his confidence just a little bit. And you, he's a pitcher you don't really see use too much uh, emotion on the mound, but. He, uh, he got a little flustered a few times last night, even one time in, in the fifth inning, kind of raising his hands up, asking the umpire, where do I need to throw it? Kind of saw the frustration from both coaches. Scott Berry was chirp, chirping a little bit and got a warning from the umpire. And then later in the game, Christian Ostrander came out, and, and uh, you could see him really venting to the home plate umpire. And then Lane Burroughs came out later from Louisiana Tech. He did the same thing. And so uh, an inconsistent strike zone may have contributed to that, but Ryan Ock came in and, I think in Kendall Rogers' words, a Herculean performance uh, for the sophomore. Uh, we'll talk a little more uh, in the show later. Waldrop was, was uh, with the gun, was at, at 100 miles an hour. We kind of think that radar gun may have been juiced up a little bit, but, but Ock was definitely in the mid-90s last night, and, and it was an outstanding performance. So the Golden Eagles defeat Louisiana Tech 4-1. to 
12 hits for the Eagles last night. They played excellent defense, and they're sitting in the driver's seat now in the Conference USA tournament. So as we go to our first break live from Camp Shelby today, we'll take this commercial break and and be back and uh, talk more about the win over Louisiana Tech tonight as well as this awesome museum at Camp Shelby. Eagle Hour continues on a Friday right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Bob and Luke. We're at Camp Shelby, Mississippi this afternoon. We apologize for that technical glitch early, but we're back on now. And uh, we're happy to have Colonel Rick Weaver with us, who is the base commander here at Camp Shelby on the Eagle Hour. And uh, we're really glad to have you on our show, sir. It's a sports show, but uh, nothing is more important to us than our military and honoring our military, especially this weekend. And and to be at your great facility is a great honor for our program. And we're, we're thankful for you allowing us down here. No, thank you. It is uh, it's amazing to be able to have you all here. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed everything so far. Today was two great opportunities to support the military with uh, the Memorial Day service in which we did here at the museum and then also with the opening of the USO here at Camp Shelby as well. Yes, sir. This Personally, uh, the, the, something that's very unique to me is, is my wife was telling me last night, and I, I knew this, but she had more detail about it. Her dad, at the start of World War II, came through Camp Shelby when he when he got uh, into the Army and got him prepared to go off. So that kind of gives you an illustration of the historical perspective of Camp Shelby that uh, people back in the early 1940s were coming through here to prepare for World War II. Oh, I agree. I mean, Camp Shelby was initially opened in 1917. So we have participated in really the majority of all the battles that and wars that America has been in. And uh, so from that, you take 1917, World War One, and that's exactly what we did today was honor the Gold Star family that lost a loved one during World War One. So then you roll into World War II, and you've got all the Mississippi history that is here. Um, I cannot talk and tell you exactly how exciting it is to ever walk through this museum because you've got everything from the Navy Cross that was from the gentleman today. We've got several Medal of Honors, and a lot of people don't understand what a Medal of Honor, what does that medal look like? And every one of them are different. Air Force, Army, Navy, Marines, they're all, and they have those here for you to look at. They have some replicas, but they also have the real. So from that, in the history that goes from here, from World War II, or World War One, with Fox Connor being the operations officer for Blackjack Persian, a lot of people don't realize that a Mississippian was the one who was planning 
all the operations for World War One, and he was from North Mississippi, South right. Calhoun County. Right. I know when my wife and I moved back to Hattiesburg uh, in two thousand and late two thousand and nine, uh, there were kids from all over the country, really thousands of people coming through here, and I, I remember. The, the base bringing busloads of kids up into Hattiesburg and uh, and how people and we were among those would pick them up when they were walking to a restaurant and help them get back and forth. So what now is the current what now we don't see that many troops as we did then. But what now is the operational function day to day here at the base here today? We're a joint training base. So we have Air Force, Marines. Army, Navy, all come through here in all three components, the active duty, the National Guard, and the Reserve. So our training now, we're not as much a mobilization station as far as an active mobilization station. We're still an inactive mobilization station. So if something ever got spun up, we would immediately go into action here to do exactly what you talked about in the 2009 time frame. Mm-hmm. But currently right now, so we'll have the 155th is going out to the NTC, National Training Center currently. So they came through Shelby to get on the buses and to go through and do their last-minute training. And now they're flying out to California, and they'll be out there for three weeks at the National Training Center. The 278th out of Tennessee will be doing the same thing when they go to Hood. Mm-hmm. So Air Force is training here. The CBs down at, on the coast are train here. Marines, Special Operations Command. We have every type of unit that comes in here and does their training. We're not doing mobilization training, which is very specific. What we're doing is unit-level training. So the unit comes in, and based upon their mission task, those are what they focus on. And from our job is to make sure that we're able to be there to support that unit in whatever it needs. We're talking to Colonel Rick Weaver, who's the base commander at Camp Shelby, Mississippi. Great honor to have him on the Eagle Hour. Mississippi National Guard units still coming down here in the summer to train? They come 365 days, or 350 days we were open last year. Mm -hmm. So we have units in uh, Mississippi, Alabama, all 54 states and territories have been here. And uh, they rotate in and out. I bet you've heard this. Back in, in 10, when when I say we had uh, several times picked up kids and helped them get from place to place, it was always amusing to me. There'd be kids from real different parts of the country, and I heard this a lot. I didn't know it was so humid down here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that is the case. And uh, But it's everywhere that you go is a different area. And uh, so if you take some guys from South Mississippi and send them up to Maine. They don't they, like the cold weather. They're either. not going to go for that either. Right. And, uh, you know, two years ago, we had the un- active duty unit from Alaska come down here and train. So not only whenever we tie in is it just here, but we were able to tie in an active duty unit that was brought in through the Port of Guffport, which you may or may not know is actually a strategic seaport for the de- Department of Defense. Rail them up here let them train, and then they moved on over to Fort Polk to do some additional training. So I have to ask you a layman's question. I love seeing this big, I think it's a C-5 that flies around Hattiesburg a lot at night, and it always appears to be headed down here. Is that an aircraft that is that is flying in here for for basically training as well? That's the C-17. And, uh, they're based, we have the C-17 in the Mississippi Air Guard in Jackson. That's where our headquarters is for the Air Guard. And uh, 
for our units. Now, C-17s are dispersed throughout the states as well, but this is an assault strip where they're able to come in and train landing on shorter strips to be able. So if they're going into a tactical area and they need to go in and do a quick landing, I got you. This is where they do the practice. You know, I always say our job here is to make sure that that muscle memory is there. Because if we're able to train and retrain someone to where they're going off to bad places to do good things, but we can save that split second of do I do this or do I do that, if they have that training and they know what to do, that may be the difference between life and death. You know, every night when I hear that, Jet, I, I think of that. That's the sound of freedom. <laughs> that is the sound of freedom. You are correct. Right. And, uh, you know, talking about that, we also have the Air Force ROTC cadets from 146 different universities that are to be here this summer. Mm-hmm. So throughout the entire summer, every Air Force unit that's in the ROTC program at the colleges will come through here and do their tactical training. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is a we picked this back up last two years. We haven't had it. And uh, before that, we always made a big joke about, well, if they're a major in the Air Force and they were in ROTC, they got their Camp Shelby war stories. Right. So it goes right back to what you said from the other side. Colonel, I know my partner is a young man that 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 studies military history and has a special appreciation for veterans and what have you. But. You know, Memorial Day, unfortunately, I think so many people see it as a long holiday, a weekend, uh, barbecuing, going to the beach. But that's not really what it is. It, it's it's a time when we should all take some time to reflect on the, what is it, 700,000-plus Americans who've given their lives in combat. Right at the numbers. And uh, you're correct. I mean, at the end of the day, freedom isn't free. And uh, just like you said, with the sound of freedom, with the air, The Sound of Freedom is also every soldier, sailor, airman, marine, coast guard, law enforcement, anyone that has put their lives on the line so that other freedoms are able to be there. And so if we can take that, but exactly what we discussed earlier and uh, the day was today. Let's take a look because the last 18 months has not been very easy. So take a look at where we're at now comparison to where we were then. And utilize that weekend to spend with your family, to spend with your friends, have that barbecue, have that crawfish bowl, go out and enjoy it. But at the same time, whenever you're about to break bread, remember that there's over 700,000 that made the ultimate sacrifice so that we could do what we do today. There's no other place in the world that has the freedoms that we have. And sometimes I think we overlook those, but then there's other times to where... You look and you're like, they get it. We've got a minute left. I, I, on behalf of everybody associated with this show and the company that we all work for, we just want to thank you for your service and the service of all these young people. When I, when I came in today, I was reminded there's a young lady out there at your gate, and uh, she's checking people when they come in. And, you know, sir, she looks like a kid. And, uh, <laughs> you know, every time I see these young military people, I'm reminded that this is the best of America, the best young people in America wear the uniform. I totally agree. Uh, and, uh, I'm never going to say that the greatest generation wasn't the World War II generation, but you've got to remember, and General Bowles brings this up quite frequently, 90% of the soldier, sailor, airmen, and Marines that are serving today signed up after 9-11. Is that right? So they knew what they were getting into. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when I served, I, I got in initially, I am, 
My dad said, hey, I'll buy you a truck if you'll get in the guard. So I got in, and it paid for my education. <laughs> the truck's been long gone, and I'm 34 years into it. But that's where I take a look, and I'm so proud of all the young people that are able to do that because they knew coming into it that they were going to end up going to combat somewhere. Right. And they signed that dotted line saying, I'm here. Great Stand honor up. to have you on the show, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Eagle Hour continues live from Camp Shelby, Mississippi. We're going to hook up with Jack Duggan out in Ruston. Hang on. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back uh, to the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're broadcasting live this afternoon from Camp Shelby, Mississippi, here at the uh, Mississippi Armed Forces Museum. And it's a great privilege to be down here. And, of course, we want to thank Colonel Rick Weaver for joining us, the base commander at Camp Shelby. All right. uh, We think now we have reconnected with our main man, Jack Duggan, in Ruston, Louisiana. Jack, are you with me? I am with you, Bob. All right. Well, we apologize for not getting to you early, Jack, but we're glad to have you on the show. And I'm just going to tell you up front, Jack, I I hope you can use your uh, immense influence and guarantee me that I'm not going to be up at 1 to 3 o'clock in the morning tomorrow night watching a baseball game. Can I count on you for that, Jack? We will will do. Well, the fact that our first game is supposed to start at 1230 in the morning, uh, and hopefully that is the only one that we play during the day. I, I don't think that we, we – well, midnight with the Eagles, I don't think will take place the rest of the week. That's my, that's my goal anyway. <laughs> all right, Jack. Uh, lots, to, lots to unpack and talk about. But i got to tell you, in all of my years of watching Southern Miss baseball, I have seen some dramatic electric moments. But – and, and I don't want to take away from any one performance, but I got to tell you, Jack, it was magical watching Ock come in last night and pitch the way he did. And then when he finally gave out a steam to watch a freshman come in and start throwing three digit velocity across the plate, it was electric, Jack. I can think of no other way to describe it. Well, it was, Bob. I mean, it, it was a special night, uh, special night for Golden Eagle baseball. And in fact, uh, uh, Lloyd Lunsford and I, I were talking earlier this morning, and, and I thought he had a great point. He said, you know, that's one of those games that you're going to remember for years and years and years to come. And I thought that uh, our, our kids came out, you know, they 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 fought against a really tough pitcher in Jonathan Fincher last night. You know, after going hitless in the first inning, you know, we scratched a hit in every inning the rest of the way. And uh we did what we need to do to score some runs in the ball game, and then of course, you know, what can you say about our pitching? I, I thought Walker Powell was really good for four and a third innings. You know, I thought he got kind of squeezed a little bit, especially on that outside corner to the right-handed hitters. But um, you know, Ryan Ock was 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 nothing short of amazing, and then and then Hurston Waldrop came in and and was was phenomenal to close the door. And, uh, hey, look, we had the day off, and, and, and we look forward to playing tomorrow uh, to win our bracket and hopefully go to the championship game. 
Jack, last night the ESPN announcer at one point described Ryan Ock as a left-handed microwave, and I thought that was just a, a great description of just how in, how impressive that kid was on the mound last night. He really was, and and, and you know he didn't come in. He, he didn't. I would say that is probably about as high leverage a situation to come in, and uh, you know you, you look at you know one the one thing I like to look at the box score. Uh, is at the end of the game, as you see, inherited runners, inherited runners scored. Knock had three inherited runners, none scored. And uh, Waldrop had two inherited runners and none scored. So, you know, that's phenomenal. And, and that's, that's you know, kind of the way it's been all year for this for this ball club, our pitching staff, which has been, been just phenomenal. And, and, again, you know, you can't give Christian Ostrander much credit, as much, you know, the – as yeah. little credit as you can. I'll get it out right in a minute, Bob. But uh, you know what a phenomenal <laughs> job he's done mentoring those young men. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, it's, it, it was it really was it was it was a fun fun game last night for us. All right, I got my last text from Luke Johnson this morning at one thirty. So let's let him get, let's let him. Bob get was into awake, the Jack, during that time. I was I was pretty <laughs> astonished. Um, hey, Jack, talk talk about six and seven hitters. Uh, Will McGillis and Danny Lynch. I, if I do my math right, ten and f- ten for fifteen. Will uh, is is making really a case to possibly be the MVP of this tournament. Uh, he and Danny both have uh, five hits uh, through two games. That that's been huge uh, because you know. Trimble got the RBI last night, but he hadn't been, you know, really knocking the cover off the ball. Charlie's done pretty well. How important is it for for Lynch and McGillis to be doing what they're doing right now? Oh, it's it's it's. I mean, it's extremely important. I mean, you look what the the bottom, you know, the six, seven, eight, nine hitters have done for us over the last three, four, three or four weeks, and and they've really come on, you know, and, and you know our offense has. has you know, if you if you go back three or four months and 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 look at you know how far we've come, you know, as an offensive unit, um, you know, and to see see those guys have success. Now, I know Will's average probably isn't as high as, as as he would like, but I tell you what, in terms of his clutch hitting this year, I'm not sure there's been anybody who has has come up in bigger spots to come up with big hits, and so. You know, I mean, and and you know, you talk Danny. You know, Danny is a, has had some really good offensive games for us this year, especially over the last two months. But I tell you what, <laughs> you, you can't help but not talk about his defense too. He is he is phenomenal right. uh, at, at the hot corner, and, and you know, I, I you know he made two really good plays last night, and uh, I, I tell you what, he's fun to watch over there at third. He really is. Not an error last night by the Golden Eagle defense. Uh, and going back to something you mentioned, and you don't have to comment on it further if you don't want to, but I, I was kind of the same way. I thought they were getting squeezed early on. I felt like Lane Burris thought Fincher was getting squeezed early on. Pretty interesting later in the game for, for Oz to kind of kick around at the mound and then Burris to kind of kick around at the mound, forced the umpire to come out there and break out, and then the umpire got an earful from, from both coaches uh, about the zone a little bit. Yeah, it was it – was that's that's uh, the joys of uh, – a Southern Miss uh, Louisiana Tech game. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of history, you know, between uh, all those guys, and uh, so it was fun. It was, it was fun to watch, and uh, you know, it, it just uh, and it just adds it adds to 
it adds to the fun and, and the, the the tension and and the uh, just the wonders of a baseball game. It really does. Well, not not to mention Jack watching the uh, tech catcher follow our shortstop from home plate to first base after he walks, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> boys will be boys, guys. I mean, that's all that's all I can tell you. Look. Uh, Sutton Sutton texted me right after that Trey Sutton and he said classic Dickerson right there stir in the pot so <laughs> uh, well, Jack clearly clearly even watching it on TV listening to it on the broadcast last night that you were on you knew it was exciting but try to put in perspective for our audience the atmosphere being there last night uh, it was I mean it was electric I mean you, you, you know, there were over 2,000 people in the ballpark. Uh, there were people, you know, they were sitting up by the apartments above the left center field wall. They're on that berm, you know, above the right field fence. And, uh, you know, there were people everywhere last night, and, and, and they cheered just about every pitch. And, you know, fortunately, there were a lot of Golden Eagle fans uh, here as well. And, 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 you know, we can't thank them enough for coming over, and hopefully more will come over tomorrow to, 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 to watch our team. And, and uh, it, it just it just was it was it was an electric night a, a night that that uh, you know I think anybody that was there had a good time. So Golden Eagles uh, got a day of rest today, but Jack, I hear that they're they're going to practice. Kind of tell us what the team's going to do um, as uh, Louisiana Tech and Western Kentucky will el- eliminate one or the other will be eliminated tonight, and before that, Middle Tennessee and uh, and FAU will play an elimination game at three p.m. What are the Eagles going to do between now and twelve thirty tomorrow? Well, I think uh, you know they got them up around ten this morning, had breakfast in the hotel. Uh, they're on their own. Uh, until uh, they go to practice about 3.15. They're going to practice at Ruston High School's field, probably work out for an hour, come back. They might meet for a little bit, and then, you know, you know the rest of the day is theirs. And, and, you know, just, you know, and they'll be hopefully just in the rooms getting some rest and getting ready to play uh, at 12.30 tomorrow. Most important question that Bob and I have for you, since you have such a, a day off, Jack, because Uh-oh, you're not doing go. anything. Where are you eating today, Jack? Where are you eating uh-huh. tonight? I think tonight is the Johnny's night. Uh, I've put it off long oh. enough. I think I think it might be mighty meaty from uh, from Johnny's tonight. Will be my meal. At least that's my plan. No guilt. No, no judge. Uh-huh. Nothing for me, Jack. Right, I won't judge enough. you at all. No, no shame coming from me. Now, Jack, I hear they have a really good vegetable pizza at Johnny's. Have you ever thought about trying that? <laughs> Bob, do you know me? <laughs> I, I think you know. I think you know that is not in the cards for me tonight. <laughs> That's not an option, is it, Jack? <laughs> no, the vegetarian pizza is not an option for me. I'm sorry. Hey, buddy, we can't thank you enough for reporting for us all week from the tournament. We always love having you on our radio show, and uh, you you all you always know that you're a welcome guest with uh, Luke and I. Anytime we're on the air, brother. Well, I appreciate that, guys. I appreciate your coverage of Southern Miss Athletics. It means a lot to us over here um, in Ruston, but also back in Hattiesburg and in our department. You guys, you guys do a great job, and we're very thankful for the coverage that you guys give us. All right, Jack, let's bring another tournament championship home. What do you say? Well, I'll, I'll do my best. How about that? <laughs> He's in charge of those things. That's what I he understand. does. That's why I'm. That's why I'm asking him to take care of it. All right, Jack. Thanks, buddy. All right, guys. Y'all have a great weekend. 
Jack Duggan, everybody, the extraordinary sports information director for the University of Southern Mississippi. Luke and I back from Camp Shelby. Don't go anywhere. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour live from Camp Shelby today. Appreciate Colonel Weaver joining us as well as Jack Duggan over in Ruston, Louisiana. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty live here. Brandon producing back for us at the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. Uh, real quick before we get jump back into baseball, Athlon Sports naming seven Golden Eagles to the football preseason CUSA team. Frank Gore Jr. and Hayes Maples are first team all-conference USA. Also Cam Harrell, wide receiver Jason Brownlee, offensive lineman Kalik Washington, defensive lineman Todd Sykes, and kicker, because they count too, Bridge Bourgeois. They do all count. Conference, Especially punters. That's, punters are people mm-hmm. too. But seven Golden Eagles <laughs> named to Athlon Sports preseason Conference USA team. And if you haven't seen yesterday, it was on Twitter, the Southern Miss uh, football account, Will Hall, with the entrance of all entrances into uh, the first meeting back for the summer, walks in, jumps up and down, gets the whole team crunk. Glad we have uh, we have him as, no as, our, as our head coach. All right. Let's go back and uh, talk a little more about the Conference USA Championship, some possible region, uh, regional predictions, Bob. So here's where uh, the Conference USA Championship baseball tournament lies right now. Charlotte from uh, the top side of the bracket, gone. Um, UTSA from the bottom side of the bracket, gone. So the one and seven seeds are gone. Louisiana Tech and Western Kentucky play tonight at 6.30 p.m. for an elimination game, both of those teams with a loss. The top side of the bracket at 3 p.m. this afternoon, Middle Tennessee and FAU in elimination game. Old Dominion and Southern Miss sit in high cotton. Tomorrow, Old Dominion will play the winner of the elimination game uh, this afternoon uh, between Middle Tennessee and Florida Atlantic. That game will be at 9 a.m. Wake up and eat your fruity pebbles. Mm. Southern Miss will take on the winner of Western Kentucky and Louisiana Tech tomorrow at 12.30. Should the Eagles and Old Dominion win those games, they would automatically advance to the championship Sunday. If they lose, they have to turn around tomorrow afternoon and play But a, no late game. night start, right? That's what you're probably Well, there is a the, no, the, no, the, no. The, if Southern Miss were to lose the twelve thirty game, then it would be a quote seven thirty. Oh, we've heard that before, yeah. haven't we? But it's just one game in front of you, so it, it let me throw happen. this out at you, Luke Johnson. Uh, Jeremy just gave me this. Baseball America just publishes a regional projection: Hattiesburg, Southern Miss, the number one seed; South Alabama two; North Carolina State three; Alabama fourth. Would be South Alabama would be fourth. fourth Alabama okay. would be third. So the Eagles would, yeah, Eagles would line up against South Alabama. That's kind of the light version of what uh, another one that they yeah. they put out Repeat was. Repeat the other one. So Southern Miss as the 16th seed, uh, you know, 16th right. overall. So Southern Miss the one. Florida State the number two. Louisiana uh, State LSU. Who Coach Marinari today announced his retirement. So. Corky bandwagon could happen, you know, right. they get behind their coach. And Northeastern would be the fourth. So Southern Miss will be looking at two perennial national powers as their two and three seed. Um, Picture this. 
9 o'clock at night, Pete Taylor Park, winner's bracket game, Southern Miss and LSU on the field. To, to quote Houston, our famous engineer, uh, he said you'd need to hire extra security you know, for for that game for uh, for Pete Taylor Park. But yeah, I don't I mean, think there's any doubt that that's right. So yeah, th- th- here's the thing. So if you're going to complain about hosting, you're not going to get above a 16 seed. It's not going to happen. That's right. You're, you're going to be the 16th host if you want to host. I would much rather have Powers coming to me yeah. than being the two seed at, at Starkville. And look, don't don't fuss about. We may not host a tournament. If you host a tournament, there are going to be quality baseball teams come to your place. But guess what? If you go on the road in a regional, you're going to play quality baseball teams. That's why they're in the regional. Mississippi State has the best pitching staff. Maybe in the country. Probably in the country as far as like a depth right. starter reliever. And they're they're built to like the Eagles to survive a regional. So, yeah, I, I'm, you know, just bring it. Uh, we'll, we'll do what we have to do. But the biggest thing now – Southern Miss, 3 o'clock practice today over in Ruston, and they got to get ready for 12.30 tomorrow. Ben Etheridge, we would assume, would pitch in that game. And uh, it bodes well for the Eagles because both Western Kentucky and Louisiana Tech have to play another game tonight and exhaust more pitching. Eagles have used, four, count them, Bob. Four pitchers. Four pitchers in two, two games. And one pitcher, only two batters. Yep. Uh, the best two lines of the night, the ESPN commentator referring to Ryan Ock as the Ock Mess Monster from Hattiesburg and saying he is a left-handed microwave oven. I thought that was just beautiful. Yeah, there was some others that I just wanted to say, bro, re- you should have retired that phrase back in uh, back in 1982 before Luke Johnson was born. Anyway, you know, the last thing to talk about today before we get off is, is the gun because it was pretty amazing to hear some of those. And I forgot to tell Jack, I was like, Jack, you know, if, if Duggan would have been throwing last night, there's a good chance that that, that radar gun, 95. he'd have hit in the low 90s for, for sure. And Jack, to his own uh, admission, I think topped out at like 83. So, yeah, right. he'd have been thrown in the 90s last night. Jack himself told us on this show he's the first player in Southern Miss history that was given a scholarship to turn in his uniform. <laughs> that did what they had to do. But anyway, what a, what a great day at, at Camp Shelby today. If you haven't been to the museum, it's you need fantastic. to come down here and, and see it. Um, and uh, and just, what a great Memorial Day service today. And uh, playing of the taps out at the Gold Star Monument, Gold Star Family Monument. It's an honor to be down here. It really is. All right, that wraps it up. A very special Eagle Hour here with these wonderful warriors and patriots at Camp Shelby. Great honor for us both to be here, and we thank them very much. Uh, We'll be back Monday, a special Memorial Day edition, live edition of the Eagle Hour. With a conference championship in hand. conference championship, uh, maybe the whole show with uh, head baseball coach Scott Berry. The Oz will be on the show next Tuesday, so we're really excited, I guess you can tell. Until we talk again, Southern Myth. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.